What's up, everybody? This is Justin Flinner coming to you live from Northern Virginia with the Justin Flinner Podcast by Mind Intro Medicine. This week's podcast is a very special episode where I bring to you a recent conversation with the acupuncturists of the future. As many of you know, I have been a professor at a local acupuncture and oriental medicine school for nearly five years here in Fairfax, Virginia, the Virginia University of Integrative Medicine. Oriental medicine is evolving rapidly, but still has many hurdles to jump over before it becomes widely accepted by the medical community and by the public. In my conversation with these students, or as I refer to them, practitioners and acupuncturists of the future, we discuss what it means to have something that all of us value when we go to the doctor to receive care, a healing presence that allows each and every one of us to feel as though our doctor or healthcare provider actually cares. So listen to the wise words of these students in my communications class during this podcast. I believe that if they can understand their why as future practitioners, which means for these students, why they made the choice to study acupuncture over other forms of medicine, then they can never lose sight of their true reason for embarking on this long and transformational journey to becoming a healer and developing their own healing presence. So listen closely to these acupuncturists of the future because, believe me, you will not find a more powerful group of minds nor a more caring group of healers than these. Please enjoy, and as always, thank you for listening to the Justin Flinner Podcast by My Metro Medicine. Now, here is this week's podcast. If we start off our conversation, we are focusing on the topic of developing healing presence and why ultimately we are here to study acupuncture. So all of you are students here in this school and you came here for a purpose. In day one of this course, I invited all of you to answer the question, why are you here? And throughout the course, we also touched on a couple of things, one of which was developing a healing presence. So we discussed why you're here to learn acupuncture, because that's relevant for you as individuals, but it also helps you to deliver your message out into the world and to help your patients understand what it is that you're ultimately attempting to do. So the process of understanding not just your why, but also how to develop a healing presence is relevant to put the two together and help you become solid practitioners. So what does it actually mean to have a healing presence? What does it mean to develop that yourself? Anybody want to say anything? I can, I can hear the shivering and the fear in the room. It's palpable. <laughs> I, I look at my first acupuncturist as my guide for that healing presence because she was skilled in diet. She had chi. She had the quality of shin. She was a meditation teacher. She did practice qigong and taiji. She felt these were all synergetically mm-hmm. worked together. So she had a very strong healing presence, very commanding, very direct. And, and as, a, as a healer, she, she wouldn't um, 
beat around the bush. He'll just tell you directly what you need to do to get better. How did that affect your experience? It's a little shocking at first to have someone tell you something. Like for me at the time, I was weak because I was a vegetarian. She said, you're not a monk. You need to eat meat. You don't live on the mountain. You live in the city. <laughs> that was a bit life-changing for you. She's like, you're in school. You have a job. You need chi. Chi is everything. So. And you listened or you resisted at first? What, what happened next? I think everybody was shocked when, because she would say that to uh, a lot of people. Not just vegetarians, but you know, people who were don't have the right lifestyle, okay. so she would um, kind of call you out on it. So, but uh, yeah, healing presence. She she definitely had it. A very commanding aura to her, and um, is why I'm here today. How many of you, you don't have to say yes, you can raise your hands and I will tell the listeners how many hands are up, but how many of you had maybe a similar experience in the sense of you go to an acupuncturist, they have a strong healing presence and they may invite you to change your lifestyle in a way that maybe you never thought or maybe you were a bit resistant to, but ultimately you knew because they were so interested in helping you as an individual that you decided that this might be worth my while. Has anybody had a similar experience? Okay. Now you know what comes after raising hands is, <laughs> would one of you like to share? <laughs> anybody? Lady first. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> the acupuncturist that I went to, <clears throat> I could definitely see that that person was passionate about what he was doing. It wasn't just about educating me, but I could see it in his own example that he was practicing what he was preaching. Mm -hmm. So the whole healing presence starts with a practitioner, him or herself. When did you notice, for both of you, when did you notice the healing presence? Did you know the person before you went to see them, or was it just your first encounter with their healing presence? Briefly knew, but not as a practitioner. Okay. What about you, Matt? Uh, for me, um, the person was, I read an article that she was interviewed, um, basically on, on diet. So diet was the foundation of her system. So if, you're, if your chi was weak and you're, and you're not eating properly, basically she wouldn't give you acupuncture. So mm. all of her patients were told, read this article, do the diet before you get acupuncture. So when you do see her, um, you'll you'll be able to uh, the, the treatment will be stronger and I think that's a good point because it comes back to the idea of if you are passionate about what you do and you really believe in what you're trying to do for your patients are you diligent enough with yourself to say I will not give you acupuncture until you shape up I mean, essentially that's what the message is until you change this part of your lifestyle because I know my treatments will not stick if you continue doing these things in your life so are you at that stage yet? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. But eventually, you will have a stronger understanding of recognizing it, saying that, yes, this person is smoking, chain smoking this many times, and they keep coming to me for lung-related issues or phlegm. Uh, maybe the listeners don't know about that, about that, but that's okay. But these types of issues, and can you say, unless you cut back on the smoking, these treatments are not going to be as effective. And they may understand that, and that's okay. So the coming back to the what is a healing presence, how do, you, how do we develop? 
a healing presence. So you're in school for acupuncture. You've experienced, the two of you, what a healing presence feel like, feels like, and I'm sure that many of you in this room have as well. How do we develop it ourselves? What do we do? How do you become a healer? Now, ultimately, we are healers inside of ourselves, and you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to help individuals, and that is the essential of healing, the essence of healing, I should say. So how do we develop it? How do we develop a presence that others feel as though this is where I want to be because I know it will change my life. Anybody? I think it all circles back again to, you know, having that um, sense of centeredness and balance, uh, groundingness in your in your life. I mean, you can't be having problems and then bringing those problems to other people. If you are having those problems and you are a healer, just you have to be present in the moment with that person and focus on them. Don't focus on yourself. That's a great point. Joshua, you raise your hand. I was just going to say, um, maybe one, one important factor of becoming a healer is one, being knowledgeable on what you are saying you can treat. But second, what's really important, if you want to have a healing presence and how to develop it, is learning how to be sympathetic, empathetic, and compassionate when we went over in class. Um, like a primary example, like a healing presence or like quote-unquote bedside manner. Um, if you look at nurses and doctors, typically doctors are in the room going over something and they're out. They're not really there to talk or connect, whereas a nurse is there to kind of get the feeling of everything. And they're usually once you are by your, by your table, by your bed, um, when you're in a hospital or a doctor's office, the most. So I think they really emphasize the healing presence and then the doctor is the application, whereas an acupuncturist, we have to need both. So I think it's important to have a sympathy, empathy, and compassion because you can be a great acupuncturist, but if you're, someone came into your clinic and you were just like, you didn't talk to them, um, you were kind of just cut dry, very like Western medical doctor in a hospital room and out, I don't think you would have as much return. They right. might look elsewhere for somebody to feel comfortable, they feel like they're being listened to, that they're understood, they're not being judged, and that they're a person and not just a number. Right, and the nature of this class obviously is communication, and a major part of that is, of course, developing rapport, developing trust with the patient. So in the, having a healing presence, a true healing presence, obviously shows that you are interested in their healing in general, okay? You're compassionate about which uh, what it is that you're trying to do for them. You're actually carrying forward the action. You're not just walking into the room, peering at a chart, writing down a couple things and saying, here's your script, please go to CVS and this is all that you need. Come back and see me if it doesn't get better. Not to talk against other practitioners, but unfortunately that's the situation that a lot of people run into. And that is also unfortunately the nature of how the healthcare industry is running itself because there's so many people that need so much help and we only have so much time. We don't have enough people to help. And I think more, rather than filling up the rooms with more practitioners, I think we need to fill it with more of a healing presence. So us learning what that is and how it's developed is a journey that all of us are taking now here. You guys are taking in school for your first time and as you move on as practitioners and you develop into your own practitioners and start your own businesses, that healing presence will start to blossom even more. So if we move on to the next question that we have, 
why did you guys choose acupuncture and not a different form of medicine? Why not chiropractics? Why not physical therapy? Why not become a medical doctor or surgeon? I mean, why, why, why this school? Why this art form? Not personal experience. Like, I had a foot injury and I was seeing a lot of doctors on the Western medicine side. Like for about one and a half year, nothing worked and uh, I was treated with acupressure and I saw some results so it's like and I knew that it would take a long time to get that taken care of so I just decided to do it. personal experience, experience led you to this specific art form. How many of you, a personal experience, led you to study at this school or study this art form? Okay, I see one, two, three, four, five and a half hands, six hands. <laughs> Don't worry, your hand doesn't speak. <laughs> I will just count it. So I said that's six hands. Good. All right, so there is a reason that you've come to study acupuncture. And there's a, maybe another reason why you chose this school specifically, but ultimately you're here to learn this art form. And there's a story underneath that. The story underneath that will help you to understand what your healing presence is because that is the road that led you here. And we must ultimately understand where we've come from to understand where we're going to. I, I think going back to like what Joshua was saying in terms of like personal experience and healing presence, just knowing that like you're going to a doctor who's just like peering through a paperwork, you're experienced that and you don't like it. So when you're in your practice, you don't do it because you didn't think it was the right way to do it. Right. How many of you agree with that? I get two hands, three hands, four, five, six, seven. Good. Eight. All right. Great. So the personal experiences that each of you have will help to determine, again, what it is that your healing presence will blossom into. And also the outcome of what happens in the treatment room, the results. Okay. So some of you have experienced that personally, and some of you are actually either out of school, one of you in the room, well, two of us, and some of you are very close to that and maybe in the clinic treating patients yourselves. So does anybody have either in a clinic or maybe witnessing somewhere else or even outside of here and outside of acupuncture, how many of you have seen something related to healing presence that shows that it can have an effect on what happens in the room, in the treatment room. Okay, can anybody share one thing? Okay, so working in a clinic, um, I'm currently seeing, you know, patients might be going in for some type of ailment, it could be digestive or fertility or something related, but they come out happy and they feel better emotionally, um, psychologically, so, it's almost like a drug effect. Like they really feel, I don't know if they're getting an endorphin rush from the acupuncture needles, but it's almost as if they forget their problems and, they, and they're feeling the, um, I guess the high off of the, the needle treatment, if that's the right way to put it. Well, we gotta be careful with saying high off of the needle treatment because it sounds like we're doing something we shouldn't. <laughs> There's nothing on the needles, don't worry. They're just needles. But yes, that is one of the experiences. I, I personally have had that as well. You, you get off the table and it's like, wow, I feel like a completely different person. 
and some of the patients I've treated, they feel exactly the same way. It's like, this is fantastic. They go home, they feel wonderful. They come in with some pain or ache or whatever it was and they leave feeling fantastic. And then the treatment process occurs and then maybe it works, it sticks for a few days and then they come back again, it sticks for more than a few days. And then the more treatments they get, the longer and drawn out the healing will actually last. And that's, the, that's where the healing actually occurs. So Joshua, again. I was gonna say with, um, with the outcome results with the healing presence, right. when you see the difference of what is done in what people call alternative or integrative medicine versus the modern day Western medicine, when you go see a doctor, it's here's a prescription, take it, I'll call you in a few weeks, see how it's working, we'll adjust it. There's not much of a hand-on interpersonal or very personal aspect to it. So you can't really have that whole, like, yawns are just as addictive or just as, um, when one person yawns, someone else yawns, same things with smiles, they're addictive. Like when one person smiles, someone else smiles, yeah, it sneezing. makes you feel yeah, better. So when you're getting a quote-unquote like alternative integrative, you're actually working with that person. You're spending the time with them, massage therapy, chiropractics, um, Reiki, meditation, acupuncture, all that. You're getting to know that person personally on a personal level while helping them through this journey of healing. And you're almost like, you're, you're there holding their hands through it. You're there helping them. It's not just a pill being given and then telling them, okay, two weeks it should kick in, you'll start feeling better. If not, we'll do something different. Um, it's kind of like a hit and miss with Western mm -hmm. medicine and pills these days. Mm -hmm. especially with the one to two pages of disclaimers and side effects. Um, like me personally, I was taking one pill to counteract the, the issues that arose from another pill, which could were combined together, maybe something else that made me sicker or a different symptom, so I have to go to the doctor for that. Um, so I think people are seeing, seeing that issue, they're becoming aware of it, and they're becoming aware of the other options that they could have, because I was actually in school for nursing to become a doctor. And I just realized it was, you know, you know, chasing the tail of the other medication, chasing the tail of the other treatment, trying to, you know, antidote the poison that you just gave to antidote another poison um, in hopes that someone feels better, where this is really targeting the root of the issue uh, and helping them to feel better, feel better from the inside out while helping them through it. So, Nowadays, not the conversation in this room, but the conversation in general about healing presence, but East and West, it's a conflicting conversation. They will say, we do things better than you do. We say, we do things better than you do. Why? Because we have different modalities. We're two very different places of the world, essentially, and these are two different discussions, two different approaches, and we're, some people are trying to build a bridge from one side to the other. So my question to all of you is, do we need a bridge? Everybody has their patient in the best interest, whether you're in the East or West. What is the bridge? You want, you want your patient to, to get better. So um, the move, but, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But the course that went, that they take with the West is um, a one size fit, fits all, like the pill. Um, 
but uh, in the in the east, it's not one size fits all. It's what the um, the patient is showing objectively, like um, through questioning, through tongue pulse and observation. So, what are some of the missing parts? that could potentially build a bridge or that could potentially find a way for us to work better together. What are some missing parts? Because this is related to another question that came up earlier, which was, what is the future of acupuncture ultimately, or how do we integrate it? Okay. How can we put it together with other forms of medicine? Because that's a, a, the approach that a lot of practitioners are doing. They're mixing their practices with uh, there's a physical therapist in there, there's a massage therapist in there, there's a chiropractor in there, there's an MD in there. We have all these different modalities working under the same roof, but they may not necessarily be communicating well with each other, but they might be. Is that the answer? Do we now have like these giant spas, medical spas, which is ultimately what that is? I, I think Western, men, Western medicine is more like an assembly line kind of a mentality. It's like a general, this thing, everybody has like the normal blood pressure or like normal heart rate. Uh, you take them out because they don't need much of a treatment. It's just the general physical that you do. But if you go to the next level of like people having real issues, sometimes Western medicine is able to tackle it. Sometimes it's not, if it's a chronic problem, then there's a bridge probably with the Eastern because you're looking at it as in a holistic fashion at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Very good point. For me, the beauty of acupuncture is that it doesn't just focus on what the actual issue is. If a person comes in with a back pain, we don't just look at, okay, which muscles are affected or which tendons and just treat that. We go into all different, like, body substances, fluids, emotions, you know, what can be the reason that's causing it, if it's diet or their posture. So within Western, they would focus on whatever the issue is. With Eastern, we look at all of the different things. So it provides more quality to the patient, mm -hmm. and it helps them figure out what might be the cause of it, even if it's something completely outside of the box. It can't be treated with a pill if it's an emotional cause, which the patient is not even realizing that that's what may be causing a physical problem. So that comes back to what Joshua said earlier, which is ultimately how you are in the treatment room and how much time you spend with them to actually learn on what's under the surface. And rather than ultimately what the patient's coming in with, that might not be the main reason that they're there. So we listen, we have a longer conversation, we try to get to the root, which is the word that we very often use, the root of the nature of the patient coming to see us. And we try to treat that root and throughout your education you learn the steps that you can take to do so. So drawing now all the way back to healing presence, how we are in the treatment room will ultimately determine how effective our treatment is, what the outcome is going to be, and all of the outcomes and all of our actions as practitioners are based in our personal experiences which always tap into our why we have come into acupuncture. So the reason we are here is found literally in every needle that we insert into our patient, every stick of moxa that we burn on or above our patient, every cup that we apply to them, every gua sha tool that we scrape. We should have a clear intention, which is always attached to the message of why are we here to do this art? And the patient will know 
when they walk into the room if they want to be there or not, based on how you interact with them. I mean, I know you walk in, you go into a store, you walk into the grocery store, and the greeter who is supposed to be greeting you is too busy doing something else or is grumbling about something. They asked me to do this job, this is not my job, that's their job. Like, oh, I'm gonna turn around and go out to the next store because obviously they don't take care of their own greeter. So let's see how they take care of me as a customer. And the same thing is gonna happen to your patients when they walk into your room, your treatment room. They're going to be analyzing you, whether they know it or not, based off of how they feel in your presence. So if you don't have a healing presence, if you haven't worked on developing that yourself, chances are the patient's not gonna be with you very long. Well, another um, uh, why study acupuncture here is that we are an integrated medicine school and we do half of our courses in Western medicine at the level of a registered nurse. So a person is actually seeing us as not just oriental medicine, they're seeing us as Western medicine and that bridge that we're, we're trying to um, make with that East Midwest. Yeah, so. a lot of the acupuncture schools, in order for them to have a curriculum that actually understands Western and Eastern, mm -hmm. which they require that now, in order for you to pass your boards, in order for you to get your license, you have to have a certain number of hours of a certain number of, or a certain type of different topics. So they're all blending Western and Eastern, and our benefit in that regard is we are learning a little bit about what Western medicine practitioners are doing. So we have a step ahead. Now some medical schools are starting to inject a little bit of the Eastern medicine into their programs. And I know Georgetown also has a, I don't know if it's an exchange program, but they can go to an acupuncture school and learn a little bit about what they do there. And then they can come back to their school and say, this is what we learned. I've understood some new things now, and this is how I'm going to change my approach. So we're trying to integrate it at an earlier stage in the programs of schools like this one, so the Western and Eastern. Before all of that can blossom, we have to truly understand what brings you into the school. And that will help you to understand, because I know some people who go to this school who will stop or have stopped and have gone to Western Medical School. They said, this is not where I want to be, I want to go that direction. And that is perfectly fine. You guys may finish your education here, and you may never practice acupuncture for the rest of your life. And that is also perfectly fine, because you've learned something through the process of going through this education, and hopefully, at the very least, you can answer the question, why are you here studying acupuncture? So, for the people who are listening out there, you are listening to the acupuncturists of the future. These are the ones who you will seek out for treatment. So for those of you here in the room who are speaking, anybody else who wants to speak, there's about 15 roughly people in the room. You've only heard about four or five of them. And what are your final messages that you would say to your potential patients or your existing patients? Maybe your patients are listening to you now. What's something you would want to share with them? Why acupuncture? Let's use that question. Why it should works. they come to see you? It works when Western medicine doesn't work. It works so. when Western medicine doesn't work. That's what Karuna says. So go to Karuna <laughs> when, your West, when your Western medicine doesn't work. She spoke up first. She gets first, <laughs> first the dibs. Nobody else? Okay. How about when the needle... It, I mean, look at, look at the 
the ancient charts, the ancient um, statues of the acupuncture, you see the lines and the points, and to me it makes sense. If I'm putting a needle in one of these points, it's creating a reaction with the nervous system. Your nervous system goes all over the whole body. Your uh, circulation system goes all over the, the body. The lymph system, and then it's all put together through connective tissue like fascia and muscles and bones and everything. So this needle is affecting everything. You, you cr you're creating a change, and you're creating a bridge between your, your brain and the innate healing energy of the body to, to respond to that needle. Mm -hmm. So you heard the message from Matt. He is a licensed practitioner, so <laughs> he's been around for a little while. You can certainly go to see him as well. But the practitioners that will come out of this room, that will come out of this school, will have the knowledge to bring forward the future of acupuncture. And also they will be doing that by understanding why they are ultimately here. So I thank you all for being a part of this podcast, being a part of this class. It has been an honor and a pleasure to teach you all for the last nine weeks. We have one more to go, but I won't be teaching. You will be presenting. So I will have fun just sitting and listening to you communicate. It won't be me for the last class. So thank you all. I appreciate it. And we will hear this podcast soon. Okay. Good. That's it. The Justin Flinter Podcast is brought to you by MyMentor Medicine, an organization dedicated to helping people improve their lives by learning to empower themselves and take control of their own life. Any form of reproduction or distribution of this podcast or the information contained in this podcast is strictly prohibited. Should you have any questions on how to use this podcast or the information contained within this podcast, please contact MyMentor Medicine at info at mymentormedicine.com. Dot com.